एजुकेशन इन डाबा वॉइस ऑफ द कैप Welcome back to Education in Daba here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Boland. Now as we said we're going to move on to our next segment of the program and we're going to be speaking assessment for equitable and quality education in South Africa. And there's been a seminar very recently and that was on Wednesday, I think the 8th of February. But for more about that discussion we are joined in studio by Professor Yusuf Sayed who is the South African Research Chair in teacher education at the Cape Peninsula University of Technology he is also the director for the center for international teacher education professor yusuf uh, thanks for being with us assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam thank you for inviting us and i look forward to talking to you and your listeners okay thanks for being with us and then we are also joined in studio by dr osman sadek who is a research associate at the center for international teacher education uh, dr osman assalamu alaikum assalamu alaikum Assalamualaikum. Shukran for having us, and salam to all our listeners. Okay, shukran for that. Now let's get the discussion going, Professor, by saying that to mark the launch of the assessment for learning in Africa project, uh, you guys had this particular seminar on the eighth of February. What motivated this particular seminar? Okay, the seminar was motivated to launch the, what we now call the AFLA project, the Assessment for Learning in Africa project. The background to this project was a commitment between us, Oxford University, Schwane University, and Aga Khan University in Tanzania, to look at ways to support teachers improve their teaching practices in schools by. equipping them with the tools and techniques and strategies of using assessment productively in the classroom to focus on how to improve the learning of their young children we are particularly keen across both countries and within south africa and gauteng and the western cape to focus on those learners who go to the most marginalized and most disadvantaged schools and in particular we are thinking about how we can support teachers without additional money but giving them tools and techniques that are easy to use manageable in what are sometimes very large mm-hmm. classes sometimes 1 to 41 1 to 50 and in Tanzania they have classes up to 1 to 100 but a lot of the tools and techniques we are talking about can easily be used in ways that are productive in the classroom mm-hmm. well uh, thanks for that and that is professor yusuf sayed as we said the south african research chair in teacher education at the cape peninsula university of technology if you have any questions or comments for us you can do so by sending it to us via the sms line that's 47913 alternatively on our whatsapp number 0722380712 yes like we comment from your side shukran ridwan so we we know site was launched launched in 2014 and at, at that point also the um ideology was you know what is happening to education why is south africa second last globally why aren't we making progress we've had with the wcd an intervention spanning if i am correct more than 8 years around litnum and then it became mathematics and languages again and so all the curriculum changes but if you need to and not necessarily pinpoint one um you know professor what would you say how has teaching and learning changed in comparison to the old curriculum and besides the huge classrooms that they have now which makes it difficult children are marginalized 
what is different in how we teach and we're talking about pedagogy and didactics and all that what is different between that educator that we have now and the educator that we had then because we were all working on different kind of strategies but we're never taking the educator into consideration and say but your tools for you to manage what is taking place. The understanding was always an educator knows how to teach. So this new strategies, how did it come about to identify them? What is the difference between, let's say, the old curriculum and the new one that changed more than once from OBE to something else, to CAPS? What is the difference in our landscape, education landscape, and why aren't we moving forward regarding assessments? Okay. Thank you for that question. It's a very big and difficult question. Let me separate it out into different parts. The Assessment for Learning project in Africa has a simple understanding and a very clear understanding. Fundamentally, however many policies we, we write, however many changes we make, the biggest difference that's uh, that impacts on the learner is what the teacher does in her or his classroom. And fundamentally, if you ask me as the director of the center, for me, it all begins and ends with the teacher's practices in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I think the lesson we are beginning to slowly learn is that the differences between the schools are important, but what is equally important is what the learner, what the teacher does in the classroom. And therefore, we need to equip the teacher in that classroom with the right tools, techniques and strategies to teach productively and progressively and encourage the active participation of learners in the classroom. And teachers need one important skills in assessment for learning. They need to gather evidence about who's learning and who's not learning so that they can support them at the point when they need it. We have ANAs, we have systemic tests, we have all other kinds, we have terms, we have polls, all those are important but they only come at the end of the process. By then it's too late to support the child who's missed on learning. So when we worry about why our grade 8 learners are still performing at grade 6 le mm, level. level, we must be asking what is it that we did not do in grade 6 mm. and how can we use assessment in the classroom so that we know at that point what the learners don't know and how we can support them best. And that is possible. And this project is really trying to do that. It's trying to do that in a way that hopefully what we call makes small shifts and changes within whatever else goes around them in the policy environment. Mm -hmm. Just my attention very quickly to the SMS line. There's an SMS here from 5998. It says, Assalamu Alaikum. Please do have a program on discipline crisis at schools. Well, shukran for that, the participation of our listeners. And I think we, we have, uh, we do appreciate that. And we certainly want to take that up with our producer, and that is Zarina Talib, to see how we can do a program or segment on a discipline crisis in schools. But now we also have Dr. Usman Sadek in, uh, uh, joining us in the studio. Uh, now, doctor, if one looks then at the seminar that took place, it says the seminar reflected on some of the challenges highlighting the important role of teachers and how they use the assessment in the classroom to address specific learning needs for all children. So what role does the research a research associate, what role do you play in this process? Um, the particular role that I will have to play together with two of my other co-researchers would be to gather the information about what teachers are doing currently in mm. class 
and after interventions whether it's workshop training sharing tools and techniques with them to then see how it impacts if at all on the way in which they approach teaching and learning in a particular classroom. Mm-hmm. So just in your view, how different would that then be from the current role of our curriculum advisors within the Western Cape Education Department system? Uh, as, a, uh, as an ex-WCED <laughs> official myself, um, one of the things that we do find is that the capacity in terms of number of people in the education mm. department is not nearly enough to cover all of the schools and all of the teachers mm. needs and hence the department does what it can but it cannot manage in terms of money it's where it's here where people like universities like us NGOs can play this additional role in helping teachers supporting teachers and schools in educational pursuit yes mm. you comment from your side Shukran Jidwan um, I'll go back to professor so We've had a whole lot of ups and downs with the CAPS curriculum. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if, and I don't want to use the term incorrectly, but some people like to teach the way they were taught to teach. So that shift on its own will take place with obviously open sharing. Let me show you what works this way. Um, the kind of I see, I do, I learn approach. But has the curriculum impacted on a, the way that the educators teach in the classroom? Is that a barrier for educators in the classroom? And B, is it a barrier for our learners? Are they actually able to access the curriculum would be my, my main question because it looks very good in the workbooks, it's all there in front of you, but how does learners who are marginalized, be it a barrier to learning or be it a rural school, how are they accessing the curriculum and is the curriculum a barrier with all its changes and does it pose a barrier for the, for the educator and the learner in the classroom? Okay, now coming to the issue of the curriculum, I think the important thing about the curriculum to understand is that yes, if it overemphasizes assessment of learning, if it overemphasizes content, then it can become a barrier to effective teaching. Mm. And in a sense, what we need to recover is to help our teachers unlearn pra- past practices, but learn new ways of ways of managing the current curriculum in a way that's to the benefit of the learner. Fundamentally, at the end of the day, for me as a researcher, is that the curriculum is not there for the policy makers. The cur- curriculum there is for the learners, and the learners must be able to use it. And if the curriculum acts as a barrier, then we need to find ways of changing it. So that, for me, is critical. And I think the teachers do find the curriculum a bit of a barrier, but at, at the level of the excessive inordinate number of assessments you know i think it's still crazy that we have like 20 30 formal assessment tasks amongst young foundation phase learners we need to focus on that which matters and not not everything we do in the classroom have to be formally assessed and recorded as a teacher and i'm certain many of the listeners are teachers you know your pupils are learning by just looking at them carefully and wondering whether they actually understand Mm. and just I know one of your listeners talked about a program on discipline can I just make the point you need a whole topic about it but it's important to recognize when learners are engaged in their own learning when they see the learning as relevant and beneficial to their lives then discipline becomes much easier for many teachers and Mm. I think it's important and just another comment if I may 
In this program, we're working with subject advisors and district officials, as they call in Gauteng. And part of what we need to do slowly over time is shift the understanding that their role is not about control and compliance, not checking up on where you are in the CAPS curriculum. Mm -hmm. That's important, but also saying, I'm here to support you. Tell me what difficulties you have in teaching numeracy to a young grade three learner who comes from a farm, whose parents struggle with basic service social needs. Mm. What can we do to support you? Mm. So, and we've had a very enthusiastic and committed response from all the subject advisors in foundation phase in the Winelands district and the director of the district and the senior management of the team to work with us because I think everybody is beginning to realize that we do need to have uh, joint up efforts to make a difference to those who we need to make the most difference mm. to. So the focus would really then be on the assessment yep. you know, of what is happening in the classroom. That having been said, uh, so maybe at another forum we would like to get the professor's input on his view on the systemic evaluation currently within the Western Cape Education Department. That aside, if you have just joined us, we are chatting assessment for equitable and quality education in South Africa. And we are joined in studio by Professor Yusuf Sayed, who is the South African Research Chair at the teaching in teacher education at the Cape Peninsula University of Technology and is also the director for the Center for International Teacher Education and we are also joined in line um, uh, in studio by Dr. Usman uh, Sadek who is a research associate with the Center for International Teacher Education. I'm just checking our attention then very quickly to the SMS line from 5998 that says Assalamu Alaikum Western Cape Education Department only focuses on monitoring the educator Tick sheets. In the old days, inspectors used to step in when an educator struggled. Most curriculum advisors write out long reports, but they don't show what to do. Well, that's one comment there from our listeners. And once again, a very big shukran for your participation to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Another one, assalamu alaikum, uh, the issue bothers me. I know of a 10-year-old child whose parents took her out of school last year, grade 4. She did not like her teacher. However, this child has still not been enrolled at a school this year either. How can I do something about it but still remain anonymous? And what do I do? Well, I think the challenge really comes around being anonymous. And I think the Western Cape Education Department has a toll-free number uh, where they then offer that if the child has not yet been placed at the school, uh, that you can contact them. Uh, and then they will see how they can then liaise or make contact with the parent. I don't have the toll-free number with me at the moment. Uh, yes, yeah, I will try and get the number and then we will share that, uh, share that with our listeners. But once again, a very big shukran and that comes from 2355. Another SMS here from 8144 says, Assalamu alaikum. I don't know if you would be able to answer this question. I had maths and physical science at a school in the Northern Cape and if you get 30% in the two subjects you pass, but I moved to the Western Cape and I had to change the subjects because the pass percentage is 40%. Why is it like this? What makes the two provinces different? Well, once again, a very big shukran to our listeners. And there's a question that I do not have the answer to. And I think of Ea asked Yashira as well. We don't have the answer to that one. We're going to try and find out and get the relevant information. And inshallah, we will then be able to share and give you a response on that one. Then another SMS from 6945 says, Salaamu Alaikum Aussie. Is it you? Salam, everyone else too. Think I missed a wonderful interview. 
Amen. Well done, nonetheless. Well, um, uh, Dr. Usman, I'm sure that is for you. Maybe you just want to say salam to the listener. I'm, I'm laughing a little because people still remember us. Assalamu alaikum to whoever that is. Yes, it is still me. <laughs> okay, well, shukran once again to our listeners. Now, if uh, we are chatting assessment for equitable and quality education in South Africa. Now, Professor, um, what we're saying is that there's this issues around assessment. Um, you are providing tools to educators to really assist them uh, in this process of assessment within the classroom. Um, just tell us a bit more about, and let's call it, a pilot project for now that you're running with the Windens district within the Western Cape Education Department and I speak under correction I think Juan Benjamin is the yeah. director there. Yeah. That's right that's correct yeah so just to say about the pr- a little bit more about the project we're focusing on assessment for learning in the classroom but the argument we're making it's part of good quality teaching anyway assessment and teaching are not disconnected and I think we need to impress upon all the listeners but also the teachers that what teachers do in the classroom is they not only teach but they also assess all the time and we're bringing that link back together so yes we are doing it in a small scale in the Winelands district we're hoping that what we will show over time is that we can make improvements in teacher practices and in showing both policy makers and teachers and other stakeholders and role players that there is a different way of thinking about assessment. Assessment is not just about tests, not just about exams. It's also about gathering evidence in the classroom to find out how learners are doing and how we support them to get to where we want them to get to. Okay, yes, <laughs> you can read one. So, we're looking at informal assessments, and we're not saying that every assessment needs a rubric, every assessment has a criteria one, not achieved, two, um, inadequate, three, with support, etc., and so on. <clears throat> so, when we and again, you know, if, if I'm looking at the curriculum, because I can remember we used to play outside and we'd see our teachers stand with a little book and make all kinds of funny notes around our gross motor development because we still had fit, um, physical education at the time. That has been removed from the curriculum. If you're looking at art, how we sat, how we held the paintbrush, how we interacted, our visual perception, what did we see and what we're painting. And so all these things our educators back then when I was at primary school used to take in consideration I cannot remember having so many formal assessments that I had to go through in order to prove that I knew the content that was being taught to me also selecting content is a different story how do we select content what is for general knowledge and what is actually for consolidation in the classroom so maybe just one example of these strategies or tools that could be implemented because I think teachers have become so bogged down with um, I need you know three assessments for um, first language and then I need two for life skills and I need three for math and so you know that occupies the entire term how much time is spent just watching that child interaction because we know an emotionally immature child is not going to do any kind of work in the classroom not going to progress there is going to be no way that can only be facilitated but no assessment is going to make the child mature within that and especially grade three which is your kind of i'm Mm. not a foundation phase kid anymore i'm going to go to the Mm. intermediate phase very difficult phase for a child i think it was awesome selecting grade three because you you can actually pick up a lot there 
So what would one of the strategies be in the classroom or to the educator around how would he or she manage this informal kind of assessment? What would sure. be the game, the game plan around that? Well, at the workshop on Saturday, we showed and demonstrated and modeled to the teachers and subject advisors a whole range of these mm -hmm. tools. A simple one. In the UK, they call it the traffic light system. Yeah, right. it's probably the robot system. Mm -hmm. Basically, every child has three colors, red, yellow, and green. All the teacher has to do, and, it, and we timed it, it doesn't take more than 15 to 20 seconds to do it. When you've explained something to the whole class, ask them to pick up one of the cards. If all the kids pick up green, you don't need to write it down, you now know you're ready to move on. If half of the kids say we got yellow and half say green, you know that half of them are not sure. They may understand a bit, but they're not sure. That means you need to stop. You can't rush to the next part Correct. of the curriculum. You Correct. need to stop. And here's a strategy. If most of them say green and there are a few reds are dotted around it, ask the child who's got a red to pair up with the child who's got a green card. Let them talk to each other. They can help explain it because they might be able to get through to that learner that I might not do. So in that way, as a teacher, I'm also changing my approach. I'm also changing my role. It doesn't mean I'm not in charge, it, but it does mean that I can begin to pick up where people are struggling and find ways. Mm. That doesn't need rubrics, it doesn't need templates, it doesn't need marking sheets. It's something you do there and then immediately. So those are small techniques that you can implement and you don't need huge resources, you just need uh, three cards, mm -hmm. red, yellow and green and mm -hmm. learners can have that for the entire year and whenever your class is. We also ask them, taught them things like exit tickets. On a piece of paper as they leave the class, a minute before they must write down one thing that they learned and one thing they're not sure about. So that way you collect however many 40 exit tickets don't have to mark it, you read through it, and then next day you know exactly what happened mm. in that classroom. Mm. So all this is not, how to put it, rocket science. It's things people can Simple do. It's yeah. People are doing anyway. We just need mm. to make the tested explicit and support them to do it because fundamentally we want to gather evidence. Do they know it? and can we change it at the point when it matters not when it comes six months later to the june test or the november exam it's too late by then so it's almost like an ongoing assessment uh, or continuous assessment if one wants to put it that way professor this is my attention once again to the sms line six nine four five says assalamu alaikum guys you hit the hammer on the nail may we all benefit teachers parents and learners and all see a better South Africa at the yeah, end of the day. I mean, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Well, a very big shukran once again to our listeners for their participation in the program uh, Education in Daba. Uh, let me speak to Dr. Osman quickly. This program that is being run out, rolled out in terms of assessment, is this only applicable to primary schools or does it, uh, uh, do you roll it out in both primary and high schools? The project itself here at the moment is only being rolled out to primary schools and in particular the foundation phase mm. and more specifically grade okay, three. 3 and the focus is on numeracy. But the tools and techniques in there can okay. be are applicable to all grades, both primary and high school. Yeah, in was fact, in the Winelands district, all nine subject advisors for the foundation phase mm -hmm. are involved. 
Because the idea with it is the sustainability of the project, that when we as a project exit the district, that the district itself takes over and sustains it. And they can then move this along the different grades at their school. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we're speaking about the, the Winelands district, which is around the Paul Wooster area, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I see I can, yeah. can rectify me on that one. Uh, maybe there's some closer to home ones, for example, your central, your south education district. What if any of those schools or educators are interested, maybe, you know, to become a part of this particular project? How do they go about doing that? Is it still possible, or should they be looking towards 2018? Not at this stage immediately because we're focusing on both doing the intervention and the research. But certainly there's one way of getting involved is to keep following us because they can benefit from the learning. Our materials when we develop it are going to be put online so they can easily access it. They can talk to subject advisors but certainly as we begin to develop the capacity and the understanding we would hope that in collaboration with the WCED we can run it in more districts because if it works. Just the one thing I wanted to say about assessment it's also about small things like supporting teachers to give good feedback. You know, we spoke at length to teachers about writing things in students' workbook like good work, do better, do much better. That doesn't help a learner. You would rather give less feedback but more specific. Rather say, I think this maths problem or this language issue thing you're writing about is difficult and therefore you need to improve in that way. We've actually looked at and there's been studies all uh, globally, which we spoke about in the seminar. A lot of teachers' feedback is quite routine <laughs> and unhelpful for students. I mean, things like uh, we, when we visited schools, feedback like pull up your socks. I mean, what does it mean for a child? You need to give very concrete feedback like, this is what you've done wrong. You know, this maths problem, you you got the understanding, but you're pay more time in just looking at the detail, etc. Last thing just to say about this program, it's SACE accredited. So the intervention of this teachers, they're benefiting from SACE points. So as it unfolds, we hope that more teachers will also therefore mm-hmm. and schools incentivize to take it up because it also is part of the professional development system overall. Okay, thank uh, you for that, Professor. Uh, just before we wrap up and maybe ask for concluding comments or remarks, my attention very quickly, uh, let's ask the issue around, I want to know if the website where people maybe could access the information or how do they get a bit more information. But there is a question here via the WhatsApp, uh, via the SMS line from 6829. It says, alaikum. Which does the panel think is the better assessment? CAPS or OBE? I don't know if Professor or a Doctor maybe want to comment on that or not. That's one of our questions that came by the SMS, uh, our SMS line. Okay. It's, it's tricky because it's, uh, it's, like I say, 12 of the one and a dozen of the other. Both of them have their merits. Uh, the CAPS, what you're looking at over there is the summative assessment and we do need to have summative assessment to be able to talk about the health of a system or a piece of work done. The continuous assessment, the CAS marks and all those 20, 30 pieces that you do are in effect summative assessment. At the end of a section, section it's done. Mm. What we're talking about and what some of the things that came out during the time of OBE, but more specifically what we're doing in the assessment for learning project is being able to assess so that whatever 
tests come, after that, there's always quality learning that has taken place. Yes, mm. takes place and leads to the particular thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Shukran, for that, let's start with Dr. Usman and then I'll give. Uh, let me ask Yasira first, if you have any question or comment before I ask the gentleman to wrap up the program. I, I have many, Ridwan, so I think we, we will be seeing both the professor and the doctor back, um, let's say, after the first term has lapsed, just to look at what sure. has taken place. <coughs> and how the research has moved forward um, and different kinds of workshops that has taken place. I'm, I look forward to that. And I think it's a, it's a wonderful idea because assessment is always seen as the beginning and the end all of a learner. Nobody seems to see beyond that that there's actually general knowledge or if had I been assessed in a different way, I would have given you a different interpretation of my understanding. So, and you know, um, there's a lot of things we can speak around about assessment and so on. But I think, um, Ridwan, our, we can conclude for, the, for now and then have them back in studio in three months' time. Well, shukran for that, yes, yeah, but there's a question here, yeah, I think, either for Professor or to uh, Doctor, maybe someone can assist. It comes from 5330, which is Assalamu Alaikum. I am currently keeping myself busy by helping grade 3s with the homework at my house. I do give them extra work, but I'm struggling a bit because they did not go to crash nor grade R. Their spelling is a big problem and therefore they struggle to comprehend the other subjects. What can I do to help them? And that comes from Farzana Vali. Uh, maybe just a quick comment, uh, Prof or Doctor? You have stunned silence on this side. Look, one of the things when it came to spelling is uh, to do with reading. If we could get the children to begin reading, and depending on the level that they're at, you might have to start with the phonics way of actually reading. But people who tend to read a lot start learning to spell better. Also, here's a chance for you to actually implement some of the the key, key parts of the assessment for learning, is that when they make mistakes or find difficulty in pronouncing or recognizing words, when you feed back to them, it's to give them some indication or ways in which they can learn it. In other words, don't always tell them, this is the answer, this is the answer. Mm-hmm. Find ways in which they can actually start understanding what the answer is. We, uh, some of the studies have actually shown that when teachers ask questions, they wait less than one to three seconds, and then they just ask somebody else the question, or they give the answer. And that way the, the child is not going to learn. So what you can do is very progressively Give feedback to them, but uh, start encouraging reading so that it will assist them with their spelling as well. Okay, now our time has really run out, but there's an interesting comment here from 3940, and maybe I think pre- uh, Professor should answer this one. It says, the robot system is as old as the hills in England and in New Zealand. The robot system has been ousted. In classroom reality, learners mostly do not respond along the lines of picking up a red card to show I don't know. This is a pilot project and might not work in a reality classroom. Well, that's an interesting and important question from the listener. I'm not sure on what evidence the listener is suggesting it hasn't worked in New Zealand or the UK. It's clear that in South Africa we don't have the evidence yet. But that's the whole point of the intervention. Mm-hmm. We're trying to pick up and accumulate the evidence to make it work. Uh, it's not about the 
the robot system or traffic lights it's just about reflecting that the teacher pauses in the class finds a way of gathering information whether everybody's with her or him and then moving on there's no point moving on if your learners are far behind there's no point hitting grade eight when your learners are at grade six level or grade four it's about that's the point about the traffic light system certainly in the uk it's been proved that the the formative or informal assessment whichever word you use have proven to be very effective there's sufficient evidence to show that when you use informal assessments coupled with good quality teaching learners perform better in summative assessments in other words my concluding remarks would be to say that we beat ourselves up every time we release systemic results or grade 12 the point is that if we focus really on doing a good job of high quality teaching and learning and knowing every day in every period and in every class from what learners are doing, when they come to exams they'll do much better. So instead of, if you like, uh, to use the metaphor analogy of, you know, closing the stable after the horse has left, it's about making sure that the horse is there before you close the stable. It's about focusing on what happens in the classroom and for me that's crucial in the intervention we are doing. And for me, just the last point, I know we're running out, is that I think it's a serious indictment of our country that in a court of a hundred, only about less than 40 will reach grade mm -hmm. 12 and only about 12 will get to university of which where are the disadvantaged learners and we're talking of millions of those learners and if we want a peaceful prosperous and an inclusive south african society we must start in the classroom and as your learner has done we must even start as far back as grade r or early childhood care Okay, Professor Yusuf Sayed, uh, shukran for that, and also to Dr. Usman. Unfortunately, we're not going to take any further concluding remarks, but I think in terms of what Professor had said there in the Asira probably agrees there is a need for a follow-up program on this particular discussion. So, uh, thank you, shukran very much, and we say to you, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam, shukran.